What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Slug, and Craig Korolbeck. And round one is over, and we are kind of loopy. You can go <laughs> check out Danny Kelly's draft grades at NFLDraft.TheRinger.com, where he Ooh. gave all your favorite teams great grades, except for the Lions, who kind of suck. Um, <laughs> we're going to go through the biggest screw-ups, the biggest steals of the 2023 draft, the boring picks that will be a Hall of Famers. The Eagles just becoming the University of Georgia graduate school. But first, <laughs> we're going to run down the top five picks in this year's draft. Yeah. Just a quick recap. Carolina takes Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama first. Houston takes C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback. Then trades up again for some reason to Will take Will Anderson, <laughs> defensive end from Alabama. Indianapolis takes Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. Seattle, then your beloved Seahawks, DK, takes yeah. Devin Witherspoon, quarterback from Illinois. I want to start with Carolina Bryce Young. I don't know how much time we even need to spend on this. This is the only pick that we kind of knew the entire time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the only thing that went according to plan, I feel like. Good pick, I guess. I'm a little worried about his size, but good player. We've done Bryce Young to the Panthers. Yeah, we CJ yeah, Stroud to the Texans? Like, holy crap. Out of nowhere? Yeah, how do we feel about that? How do we feel about that, DK? CJ Stroud to the Texans. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. For all the consternation, a bunch of idiots like me thought Will Levis might be this pick. But CJ Stroud is the right pick for the Texans right. here, right? Yeah, and we're going to hear different versions of how the Texans ended up making this pick. Because during the day on Thursday today, we heard... There were some whispers that the owner had stepped in and like told basically Nick Casario and company that this is the pick. You guys can't screw this up. We're taking CJ Stroud. Stop messing around with this Will Levis stuff. Um, unsure how real that is, but at the end of the day, they, you know, backed into the CJ Stroud pick, which I really like. I gave them an A plus because he is my top ranked quarterback. I think he's a high floor, hyper uh, accurate passer. Um, very steely, very, you know, great, great poise. I just like everything about him. I think that there are some worries in terms of his ability to like do things out of structure, but like he flashed enough to me to make him think, to make me think that he can do that at the NFL level. So, uh, yeah, the Texans made the right pick here. I think what happened, what, this, like what <laughs> happened? Will Levis was minus 1500, like eight yeah. hours ago to be the second pick in the draft. Reddit. No one was talking about CJ Stroud going second yeah. to the Texans. What happened? No, CJ Stroud only started to move today and I think that a lot of the framework for the discussion for the pick in the, in the days leading up to the draft, the week leading up to the draft was like, well, they like the edges better than the quarterbacks, but the owner might make them take a quarterback. 
and Will Levis is the second quarterback on their board. So presumably it will be Will Levis. Like if they get forced into a quarterback, it'll be him because they can't get Bryce Young. So they'll get the second guy on their board. Then just today you start to get CJ Stroud hype at the pick. Like it starts to move a little bit. And it's like, well, Nick Casario says, we don't care that David Mulligetta was his agent and then David Mulligetta was Deshaun Watson's agent. Like, oh, that doesn't matter to us at all. But it's kind of like, all right, well, still like you haven't been connected to Stroud across the entire process. There was never, ever, 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 ever any Texans to Stroud ever <laughs> until the last 12 hours. Yeah. And it seems like for Cal McNair, who's the owner of the Texans, it was just, I want him. This is the quarterback I want. And then stop fucking around. Right. And, and, and if we, and if we, and if we, why does you are not serious people? Yeah, exactly. Everybody in Texas yeah. Are you're, you're <laughs> and so, but then let's widen the scope a little bit. Right. I think there's a, there's a, a, a clear sign that Stroud at two wasn't necessarily the pick that Casario wanted to make because he then went right. and got the third overall pick <laughs> and took the guy that has long been rumored to be the next best dude on the board, Will Anderson. This is some Madden shit where you're like, uh, I don't know who to pick, so I'm just going to trade up and take both guys. It's like when you have an auction draft in fantasy and you just spend like $55 on each on two different guys. Like, I, I got Justin Jefferson and McCaffrey, so I'll I'm going to chill for out. a while. Yeah. Yeah. It very much was like, all right, like, Mr. McNair, we got your guy at two, we got Shroud. Can you leave the room now? Door shuts behind him. Okay, we got to go get Will Anderson. Move up to three. We got to go get a real player here like it it 100 is like the owner got to make one pick and the general manager got to make one pick and that's how the texans took 66 percent of the first three picks <laughs> well so like my only question for you is do you think that nick is so nick is the gm he came from the patriots but you know jack easterby which is a whole other thing kind of hired nick casario and jack easterby got fired and now D'Amico ryan's comes in as the head coach he's a six-year contract and we've seen before it's a little weird but we've seen before in the last five years where a gm when they're kind of like the lame duck gm Sometimes they get fired in January, but sometimes the new coach comes in and is like, I'm not going to fire you and waste all the work you've done scouting these players. Right. We're yeah. just going to ha- keep you through the draft. You could do all the grunt work. We're going to pick whoever we want, and then we're going to fire you like the week after the draft. So I feel like there's two things that have happened here. Either this draft was like that scene in Game of Thrones when Tyrion tells like three different people his plan <laughs> yeah, yeah. of like who he's going to marry off Marcella to just to find who's leaking to Cersei. And the Texans either did that on purpose and masterfully did this or D'Amico Ryans is just in charge and Nick Casario is just going to get fired next week and go back to the Patriots like every other former Patriots person I think does. because the Texans got a quarterback at two, Nick Casario is not getting fired next week. Like I think that like the, the, the guy who signs Casario's checks, the owner wanted the quarterback and he got a quarterback. So he's happy for now. And if Stroud's good, then Casario gets to chill and, and claim all the credit, right? Like immediately, what does Rappaport tweet out after the pick is made? The Texans get their guy at two, the guy they've always wanted at two, the unquestionable pick since day one, CJ Stroud. Bullshit. This being the same, yeah, Rapp was tweeting like 72 hours ago about defensive players. Right. What are you talking about? He traded the three for another guy. Like, yeah. This is made up. So I think like the quarterback insulates Casario a little bit, but the dynamics in Houston are absolutely weird, which like Jack East, like Bill O'Brien takes over front office into Jack Easterby, into Deshaun Watson situation, into three head coaches in three separate years. Me saying the Texans are a little bit weird is kind of like, all right, thanks, obvious, Captain Obvious, you know what I'm saying? It's pretty clear. But yeah, I don't think the weirdness in, in Houston is done. With that said, the future of the Houston Texans offense for the next 10 years, theoretically, is CJ Stroud who in my estimation is the best quarterback in the class and is a great player. The future of the Houston Texans defense for the next 10 years 
is Will Anderson, who in my estimation was a top three player in this class. The absolute bungling, the complete chaos of this draft for the Texans might end up with two excellent players <laughs> because that's how the NFL draft yeah. goes. Stars yeah, and scrubs. Yeah, what if they crush this, though? What if they, yeah, it is stars and scrubs. It is real life. It's like everyone thinks they're crazy. They're like, what? We just got the best two players. You're mad about it? Yeah, like everyone's everyone looks at the deal. They're like, oh, they actually got swindled. They got fleeced. And then like a week from now, we're just going to look back and be like, well, they have CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. So. Well, yeah, like in from my point of view, I don't I haven't looked at my mentions yet. I'm sure I'm going to get some mad Texans fans because I gave the Will Anderson pick a C plus. And Ooh. even though he is my top ranked player, I'm just like, I looked at the value. Look, they got they gave up number 12, number 33. So almost a first round pick number 20, uh, the 2024 first round pick, which could end up being very high depending on whether it's theirs or Cleveland. Did we hear officially whether it was one or the other? I, I can double check for you. I'm fairly certain it was theirs and not Cleveland's. Yeah, wow. so that could be top five top pick. Five pick. huge difference. Yeah. Right. Um, and then also a third round pick. So Yes, it is Houston's pick. It is not Cleveland's pick. So mm. this could be a wow. situation we're looking at with like the Broncos this year where they're giving, uh, you know, how Seattle got the number five pick because the Broncos just sucked. And so <laughs> this is a lot to give up. And this is how I grade. This is how I've always done it. If you're trading up, if you're trading multiple future first-round picks for a non-quarterback, I always trade it. I always grade it down because it's just bad value. It's just not good business. But that being said, they did get the top two players on my board, literally. So, hey, good, you know what wasn't great business in drafting? <laughs> Kevin Costner was like, "I want my picks back." Yeah, and that's you what the pa- you pancake-eating motherfucker. <laughs> Still haven't seen the movie, by the way. <laughs> but you've heard the line, yeah, right? I, I know all the references. I will say though, like they did pay the Cardinals a lot. Like, there's no. There's no two ways around that. They did. For Will Anderson, if you start looking at it in the framework of like, they got a franchise quarterback and a franchise edge rusher for these cumulative picks, it looks mm-hmm. a little bit better. Yeah. But they did stay and take CJ Stroud with the pick they had and then trade a bunch of picks to go get an edge rusher who, when we talk about Will Anderson, we're like, yeah, he's a great player, but he's not a Bosa. He's not a Garrett. And so it is a lot of eggs in the Will Anderson basket. They do need him to be good, I think, to justify the trade. Like, really good, right. really, really fast. I think this was D'Amico Ryan's just being like the San Francisco playbook with like, I understand you're saying not Nick Bosa, but I think in their mind, they're like, yeah, I want a Nick Bosa and we're going to, you know, like I want, want to get the Nick Bosa, but also don't want to do what the 49ers did where they just never got one. Or the owner was like, we're not going to do that. And they were like, all right, what if we just do both? Wow. We have an, all these picks that Casera got. Let's just blow them all now, which he didn't want to do. But Can we what? talk about the best thing that Sucks. happened at the third pick was that Shams. Shams? Shams? I don't know which one Shams. it is. Mr. Sharanya. Okay. Was, was. I don't know, Hyvis, were you were you aware of this? He was tweeting out the picks. Like he was he was breaking the picks for the first three picks. He was correct for one and two. And then the third pick comes out, he tweets that uh, the Cardinals are taking Will Anderson. It's incorrect. Oh, no. And he, he did? never I didn't tweeted see again. This. He never tweeted yeah. again the rest of the night. <laughs> he, he he quote tweeted and clarified. He was like, Oh, yeah, he's rap, like, I was wrong, yeah. rap sheet got it. And then it's just the bang. Texans took Will he's Anderson. Like, this is, I'm like, smart. He went to bed. He was like, None of these guys are Victor Webanyama. We're done. I'm out. He's like, all right, this is a prank. See you guys. By the way, he he tipped the Bryce Young pick literally like 20 minutes before they picked because the, the, yeah, well, the he did it right at five o'clock and <laughs> yeah. then they start and then they yeah. did all the intro bullshit that they yeah. do. Uh, so yeah, anyways, that was him funny. just bailing after getting one wrong is so funny to me. Yep, <laughs> scared to compete. Yeah, go back to the NBA, <laughs> sucker. Ben Simmons after he took one three pointer, but that's Shams. Is it Shams or Shams? Okay, I've heard well, it now, it's, now it's a sham. Isn't He's it? a sham. There yeah. we go. That brings us to the best pick of the entire draft, or the most exciting one, anyway. Uh-huh. I legit... Anthony Richardson to the Colts, I think he's going to be Hall of Famer. DK convinced me <laughs> otherwise. I think this is incredible. I, I, I Credit to Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, who is, again, Colts have had six week one quarterbacks in six years, and they 
every time the Chris Ballard, the GM, is asked, why don't you just draft a quarterback like a normal person instead of shuffling between Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan? He's always like, look, we, it's not about getting a guy. It's about getting the right guy or else you guys will be mad at me and I'll be fired. And he just said that for five years in a row. And then, holy shit, this is the guy, isn't it, DK? Yeah. And it's funny because it would be fun to go back and do like a montage of all the times we said Chris Ballard likes big guys, likes yeah. big people. He definitely like lived up to his reputation that preceded him. Um, you know, I think this is a good landing spot for him. Shane Steichen coming in and can, and put they can put Anthony Richardson on a development program similar to what they did with Jalen Hurts. In other words, make him a big part of the run game. You know, obviously, Jonathan Taylor. This is going to be super fun to see what Jonathan Taylor does in this offense with Anthony Richardson, assuming he starts right away, which I guess we can't make that assumption necessarily. But um, and then, you know, ask him to do just develop slowly as a passer and get more weapons around him and, and do all that. They didn't have to trade up to do this. So they have, you know, they have all their picks in, in theory going forward. And so uh, this is a maybe not the best situation for him in the NFL, but it's a good situation for him. And I think he could develop in the system. I was going to ask out of the, so uh, only three quarterbacks were taken. We'll get to that later. No, Will Levis, but yeah. out of CJ Stroud uh, to Houston, Bryce Young to Carolina and Richardson to, to Indianapolis, which is the best fit in your guys' opinion? Indy for me, because the Panthers traded DJ Moore to go up to number one and a first round pick and a second round pick. And so they're, they're giving up a lot of ammo to go get like guys to put around Bryce Young. CJ Stroud, like the Texans are just a mess generally. Maybe that they'll, maybe they'll start mm -hmm. to get things together going forward. But like, I would not say that's a stable franchise. Uh, and then Indy, obviously also not a super stable franchise, but I think the weaponry around him, you know, you got uh, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, potentially. I think he fits pretty well with, with what Anthony Richardson likes to do, which is push the ball downfield, push the ball to outside the numbers. See, I would say like Pierce does, Pittman doesn't. And that's the thing oh, that I'm, interesting, yeah. thing I'm worried about is like the, you said like uh, uh, Chris Ballard likes big people. Yeah, but they don't have a lot of like speed at receiver, right? And, yeah. and, and that ability to like, I think, stretch the field and, and take advantage of downfield shots is really important. Now, Frank Reich was was running that offense and they were doing a lot of short stuff, Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers and what have you. Now Shane Steichen comes in and presumably bringing parts of an Eagles offense that just regularly chuck the football down the field off play action. Like the Eagles short passing game was like bubble screens and the running game, you know, so they don't need them for like slants and drags and curls mm -hmm. and all the stuff that Richardson's not great at. So there's a way to make it work. I think that there's a little bit of an issue with their receiver core. They got to use those tight ends. Like, go get Hopkins. Yeah, go get, yeah, right. That'd be I, fun. I've been asking at speed. I do think that Stroud landing in Houston is really good. It wasn't something we gave a lot of time to or thought to mm -hmm. in the pre-draft process because, again, at no point was C.J. Stroud going to be a Houston Texan. Right. But uh, Bobby Slowick, who's the OC there, is coming from San Francisco. So this is, A, the ability to run the OG Kyle Shanahan stuff. But then B, oh, that's the, a good point. Yeah. The ability to run some of the new age Shanahan stuff, which is a little bit more shotgun, a little bit more quick game, a little bit more isolation stuff, which is going to be similar to what Stroud ran in, uh, in, in, in Ohio State. But he's also a great fit for the Shanahan offense because he's extremely accurate over the middle of the field. He can throw tight windows with anticipation. He can hang around in the pocket. Mm. He's not a super quick release. Not as good as Brock Purdy, but yeah, on yeah. that level. Well, yeah, well who right. is? Yeah. <laughs> but, so I, I do really like the Stroud landing spot for, for the Texans. There's definitely some, you know, weaponry concerns. Work but, to be done. Yeah. yeah. Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz are not exactly Marvin Harrison and Amika Buka. It's a little bit different in terms of the, uh, the caliber of receivers can be thrown to. Yeah, Nico Collins, Noah Brown. Maybe Mechie. John yeah. Mechie Big, big back, John yeah. Amari Rogers. CJ Stroud did give a quote where he was like, man, I was really hoping the Texans were going to stay at 12 and get 
Jackson doesn't Jigba. It's like, dude, <laughs> Will Anderson's just got picked. He's right, here. Right. He's you got like it's time to move forward. Forget your old team. <laughs> Commit. TK, do you want to take a victory lap on the Seahawks absolutely crushing the fifth pick? They got Devin Witherspoon and quarterback. And then they also got Smith and Jigba at 20. Are you oh just my over gosh. the moon? I don't know. I don't know which pick I'm more excited about. I'm very excited. I, I told Sol like this during the draft. I'm like, I wish I would have kind of made the, the Witherspoon connection to the Seahawks more during the pre-draft process. But the Seahawks haven't drafted a corner in the time. They've done 14 drafts of John Schneider and Pete Carroll. And I think they've never picked a corner before like 90 or something like that. And so... I thought that there was like a remote possibility they could take one of these guys just because of the way the board landed, but he was always their guy, according to what they say. Um, you know, and it makes a lot of sense. I compared him to Cam Chancellor spiritually, Devin Witherspoon, because he goes out there, he hits hard, he flies around, he like wants to be an intimidator, he stands over guys and talks trash. Like he's just a tone setter on defense. So that I In love your this words, he's a Seahawks. maniac. Yeah, yeah, he's an absolute maniac. He's like maniac. a heat seeking missile. Like yeah. his highlights are unbelievable. So he is a super, super fun pick for the Seahawks just because he can kind of, in theory, like recreate some of that intimidation factor that the Seahawks used to have on defense that they just have not had whatsoever in the last like six or seven years or whatever it's been. Um, and then the Jackson Smith and Jigba pick, that was always, that felt like a pipe dream to me. I never thought that was actually going to happen. You um, should have, DK, yeah, that we watched the draft with DK, he was like pacing around the office when the 20th pick was up. He's like, there's yeah. no way they're going to take JSN. I'm going to convince myself they're not going to do yeah, it. Yeah. He was like a giddy kid. I was he, like, they're going to do something stupid here. This is just too, it's it's too perfect. I can't, I can't watch. And then, so like told me and I was like, oh, he was shit. like, you look like Calvin at a fire department after they took him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm super excited about that pick. Obviously, I think he's the perfect compliment to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Perfect. He can run in the, the slot starting early on. Um, they can move him all, all around the formation. He's good at getting yards after the catch. Like Gino is really good over the middle of the field in that, yes. that area. So to me, this is just perfect. And mm -hmm. then it also gives them a built in bit of, um, you know, redundancy. If one of their receivers get hurt, they're not going to totally fall apart right. on offense, which is what we've seen at times for them in the in the past. And so, super exciting pick. I was very afraid they were yeah. not going to do it, but they did it. Every time you watch Tyler Lockett intentionally fall down over the middle of the field, he doesn't <laughs> want to get out. tackled. Yeah. And every time you watch DK Metcalf use the incorrect catch technique over the middle of the field, he doesn't know what he's doing. And now it's Jackson Smith and Jigba who's just yeah. so good in that area of the field. It is perfect i freaking love it yeah and then yeah. and then witherspoon with Tariq woolen is such a nice blend it's your ability mm -hmm. to kind of match up with guys like you have to deal with a high weight speed dude you have Tariq woolen you have a guy who who is is you know uh is gonna be more like combative more contested be able to play inside and outside now you follow him around with devon witherspoon you see the ability to be yeah. so versatile pete carroll man talking about witherspoon get me jacked up it's like you, you don't get guys like this coming through he was like this is a rare sort of player to have a corner and i was like you know what pete it is. He compared brother. him to Troy Polamalu, which yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's just, now it's, we're talking. It, it's the spirit of the game. It's just like it's the competitiveness. He's he, like yeah. he's gonna be so much fun with like Jamal, just because mm -hmm. they both just like love to play football, right? So much. So yeah, yeah. Congrats, Seahawks. Such a good draft class. Congrats on the clearly second best draft class in the, <laughs> in the NFL draft. Thank you. Thank Quite you. the day for the whole squad here. Right? I mean, Steelers <laughs> and Giants were fine, but man, Eagles and <laughs> Eagles and Seahawks. What a day. We're no. I'm gonna putting off. No, someone wants to talk about it now. No, we're putting off the Eagles thing. I, I, I personally do not have the bandwidth to do that right now. I want. I want to talk about Will Levis. No, yeah. we're not doing it. I refuse. Uh, what the hell happened with Will Levis? First of all, I guess where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with him falling, or do you want to start with all the shots we got of him on that couch with the 
sister wives, girlfriends, whatever with many was going women. On there. So I his counted blood, his blood relatives. Uh, the first, in theory. the first twenty picks, <laughs> it was him with two blonde women, and then an older blonde woman, which I I, I thought was his mother. However, that his hand was kind of on her thigh for a while. Just saying, don't know what's up with that. <laughs> and was on his mom's side, perhaps. I'm just pointing out what we saw and what we commented on in the moment. Several shots, hand on thigh. Two blondes, we talking sisters, was one a girlfriend. And then later, towards the end of the first round, a woman in a red dress showed up. So maybe that's the girlfriend. There's a lot going on with Levis. That had to be the girlfriend <laughs> at the end. It was starting, was that she? was the old, that was the biggest plot. That was a bigger plot twist than Will Levis not being in the first round was that I, I, I guess in retrospect, it makes sense that those with the sisters the whole time. He was also doing that thing where he was pretending not to care that he mm -hmm. was dropping. Mm -hmm. He was singing. It was like, so annoying. I get he, why they didn't take him. He yeah. was singing Don't Stop Believing. He was like singing along, which is oh, poetic, no. really, that he's singing Don't Stop Believing. Mm. But like you could tell he was really trying to like but, show the world like I'm, I'm cool with this. Like wherever I land is fine. You know how like I mean, you guys probably don't. But for me, whenever I go into like a bar, or, like a party and I'm like, I don't belong here at all. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm just going to stand and bob my head because that's how regular people look when they're here. That was every time they cut to Will Levis, he was like, this is a regular way. You do the white guy overbite. Yeah, just, mm -hmm. just Will Levis was just bobbing his head. He was like, nah, he was like, like looking at people. Oh, what's up? Okay, like saying hi to folks. Like, they don't know you, Will. You don't, you're not supposed to, this is the first round of the draft and apparently you're not supposed to be here. To answer the question, Heifetz, um, I mean, like some people talked about uh, maybe Will Levis fall. Like nobody had this. Out of the first, yeah, I was yeah. not expecting this I whatsoever. Mean, he was like, like Craig brought up he, on Fando, he was minus fifteen hundred, which is like implied odds of like over ninety percent to go in the top five picks, and he did not go in the top thirty-one. This uh, is Donald Trump election yeah. all over again, <laughs> and like. <laughs> You remember that? It's exactly yeah. like that. No, I'm talking about when the, all the betting odds <laughs> yes, had him yes. winning, and then yeah. it was like, "Stop the count!" Yeah, yeah. It, anyway. it, it is. Yeah, so like. <laughs> Not to bring narrow, up that. Yeah, very yeah. narrow interpretation, yeah. but yes, you're right. The, uh, no, I'm talking the, about the yeah. odds. Come on, give me a break. You're okay. saying yeah. that Will Levis is Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we get it. William Donald Trump Levis. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, when you when I was asking people, like, how did this happen? They were bringing up personality concerns. So maybe, I don't know, another connection. Um, <laughs> ESPN, yeah. Chris Morrison was talking about, like, a turf toe problem. He had right. to miss games this year with a foot injury. And, like... It's weird because whenever people were talking about the foot injury in the pre-draft process, they were like, wow, what a tough guy competing through the foot injury. He was getting shots before games. He was going out there and playing through the pain. And then all of a sudden you get to the end of April and it's like, we can't draft this guy. Right. He's got a foot injury. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, I, I don't buy that the toe injury was a sufficient reason for the fall. Mm -hmm. I think that, That's his I, that, agent, right? His agent's just yeah. saying that to justify his fall. I mean, yeah. Well, Mort's reporting it. Mort tends to be, really, like Chris Morrison from ESPN, Mort tends to be really more like teams than agents, in, in my estimation. Uh, it's, uh, uh, for me, I think that, like, if there's anything to detail it to, it's, like, personality concerns. It's, like, they didn't... Like the way the interviews, yeah, interviews. I like heard Breer were was, not going yeah. well. Yeah, but it's funny because like Breer was like, "Hey, like his interviews weren't that great. Some teams don't like him." Also, the Titans are huge fans, and then the Titans at eleven took Peter Skaronsky, right? right? Like, I like, I thought the Patriots were going to take him. I, I, from what I understand, the Patriots were only going to take him if they could offload Mac, and they weren't able to offload Mac, so they didn't take a quarterback. The Vikings, I thought, were going to take him, and then the Vikings didn't pass on him for hooker. They just didn't take a quarterback, which again, like the like, Vikings were like so strong, like, oh, the sneaky round one quarterback team. It was, um, we had, we had three quarterbacks go top 10 and then no quarterbacks go in the rest of the first round, which is the first time it's happened since 1971.
It's been wow. 50, over 50 years since we've had a draft with three top 10 quarterbacks. In this case, it was three top five, but three top 10 quarterbacks and then no more quarterbacks in round one. It is very rare to see quarterbacks get pulled into the top of the draft and then the gravitational yank of those guys not drag anybody else into round one. You just, in, in the modern NFL, you do not see this. So for Hooker, who had so much joy from the NFL for so long, and then for Levis, who like, even with like, oh, there's some question marks, was heavily, highly expected to be a top five pick, was a favorite for the second overall pick 24, 36 hours ago. It's like, crazy. It's really, really quite something. That was a, a, a jaw-dropping moment over the course of this draft. My question is, where does he end up? Because he's, so do you think, let me ask two questions. Number one, do you think Henry Hooker is going to go before Will Levis? At this point, I got I got no idea. Right. I'd be totally thrown a dart in the dark. Yeah, and so uh, just looking at the first uh, looking at the first couple of picks of the second round: Steelers, Cardinals, Lions, Colts, Rams. Mm-hmm. It was funny because like Levis had a couple like Tannehill comps. I was like, oh, the Titans, like let's do it. And then he didn't go. And then he got to the Vikings. I was like, oh, I comped him to Kirk Cousins. Like this is great. And right. then he didn't go. And who's the other big white pocket quarterback who Levis got comps to? Matthew Stafford. Rams, baby, let's do it. Also, the the, yeah. Cohen, the Liam Cohen connection. Yeah. They have connections with the Rams, obviously. Um, so this could make a lot of sense if the Rams are sitting there at number 36 and he's still on the board. It just feels like the Rams need a lot to like right. help right. their roster. I don't know if they're going to go take a backup quarterback, but maybe. Yeah. yeah, they're worried about Stafford's health. So like, I think the Rams are possible. Lions are possible. Commanders Austin's, are possible. Austin's screaming into our DMs, yeah. Raiders. Yeah, Raiders have the seventh pick of the second round. Yeah. yeah. After the Rams. Also, the Seahawks are there, um, which wouldn't be my first choice, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. I mean, like, but who goes first? Levis Hooker. Where does either one go? No idea. Right. At this point, like, nothing that we were operating off of before day one, I feel stable on. Because, <laughs> yeah. again, like, when you talk to people, they're like, dude, Levis might make it outside of the top 10. It'd be crazy, but he could. This is pick 32. He's on the board. Like, this yeah. is flabbergasted. I just don't get it. <clears throat> like, for a month now, everyone's <laughs> thinking he's at least going top 12, and then he's just, it's not even close. Like, how are we so incorrect is my question. Well, the injury, I think, has something to do with it. But, like, also, we talked about this ad nauseum during the draft process. Like, he's going to be a bust. Like, we're worried about his skill set. He He got worse this last year. He had... He has like 23 interceptions over the last two yeah, years. Yeah, but hindsight is twenty twenty. You can always backfill the reasoning of why this makes sense. It's in the well, moment we were like, well, you know, level at two, you know, he actually it actually makes sense uh, for I mean, the NFL to from, like him. Yeah, I get that. From from my point of view, what I'm kind of saying is like I believed some of the hype that the NFL apparently liked this guy, but like we it, can talk it, ourselves into why the NFL might like him, right? But we were still skeptical about his actual talent. And we mm-hmm. talked. I, I feel like we hit all of the reasons he's fallen. But we did buy into the to the idea that the NFL wouldn't care enough to like that they would still take him. So yeah. I think that's what happened. I was like, oh, the sort of guy appeals to the NFL, and the NFL was like, we hate him. <laughs> Which kudos, like take Anthony Richardson over him. That's good. It's way, just, I, was, I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, kind of a bitter ending for Will Levis. Mm-hmm. And it's time for a special part of today's show, woo, 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 brought woo. to you by Heineken Silver. Yeah, baby. <laughs> New, crisp, and refreshing. Heineken Silver is only 3.2 carbs and 95 calories, and it tastes with no bitter endings. And if you're a football fan, you've probably experienced one or two bitter endings. So let's talk about them, because there was one trade in particular that had a pretty bitter ending. So the Detroit Lions are at the sixth pick. 
And I think they're caught a little flat-footed because your Seattle Seahawks, DK, mm-hmm. take Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. They'd been Lions, probably thought they were going to get him. So Lions trade back. Good job. They go back. They go back to pick 12. And they take Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama, which was kind of weird because <laughs> he was like Love how you say that. a fringe first rounder. And it's like the Lions are picking again at 18. Yeah. Just wait till 18. Then the Lions get to 18 and they take Jack Campbell, who's a linebacker that the two positions that you're not that you're not really able to make like profit in terms of how much the guy's going to make versus how much they could be worth a running back and off ball linebacker. And the Lions went and took the second best guy. Hey, by the way, you know what? Uh, you know what goes down well after eating a hat? <laughs> Well, Heineken. That's, well, listen, that's a good you, little. You wash that yeah. hat down with a Heineken silver, Ben. <laughs> the reason I say we that is because Ben emails. said, shush, shush, and shush, I shush, quote, shush, shush, shush. "If Jack Campbell goes in the first round, I'll eat my hat." Shush, 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 shush. <laughs> Firstly, you can fake anything with AI. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you write that down. This you is can, a deep fake. They got yeah. they got people doing the president's voices playing <laughs> Minecraft. Most okay? actors aren't even in the same room. Yeah, these exactly. Days. <laughs> yeah. So, firstly, you can just go ahead and remember that. Secondly, <laughs> eat my hat is an idiom, oh. as many people know. Informal saying. Kai, not check the tape. Did he say literally? <laughs> not to be taken literally. <laughs> Where's Dave Chang? Can he make? Can, can we make like a hat smoothie or something? DK's wearing a hat right now. I Just am. Saying. Yeah. I am irate <laughs> that I did not at some point in the pre-draft process say, "Oh, Jack Campbell aligns in round two. Makes so much sense. It's the sort of linebacker that they like. It's the right area for him. It's probably overdrafting him a little bit, but they'll take him there. They need the thumper between the tackles. Dan Campbell will like the toughness, so that I could then say, "Oh, they took him at eighteen. This is bananas. This is the worst pick of the first round, comfortably." Yeah. The Lions had. Uh, Whenever I talked about the Lions pre-draft, I would say they have more capital in the first round than they are going to have in future years. They are on the precipice of being a contending team. This is the draft to get them over the hump. And they traded back, and they still have picks, second round, maybe round three, and got the second best running back. Mm -hmm. 200 pounds. And in my estimation, the fourth or fifth best linebacker who does not have three down value. Jameer Gibbs is the second earliest drafted running back in the last five years. Behind only B. John Robinson, who went four picks previous. And the Lions actively passed on B. John Robinson to get Jameer Gibbs. So, like, like we weren't, the top running backs weren't going at 12. The, N- Najee Harris was 24, and Travis Etienne was 25, and Josh Jacobs was 20. Like, they, they drafted Jameer Gibbs as if he were better than all of those guys, which he's good, but he's not. And they have DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery, which, like, yeah. I'm proud of them for not putting too many eggs in the DeAndre Swift basket, but this is not how you go about team building at this time. Yeah. You are so close. Get impactful players. These are not impactful players. I thought no team missed on greater potential than the Lions. It is not close with how they handled the, the first round. They were the darlings of sports media and fandom, I think, in general. Like, everybody loved everything the Lions are doing, and then they kind of squandered that with this night. Quite um, the bitter ending, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you made a really good point that Jameer Gibbs is two-down running back, maybe, and that, right. two, like, Jack Campbell's a two-down linebacker, and it's like, a two-down... Off-ball linebackers, like the cheapest position to fill on a defense, and a two-down running backs, like the cheapest position exactly. to fill on an offense. And they spent their two first-rounders on those positions. Like I'm fun still of, trying, to find whack. In, trying to find a Jack Campbell's related to Dan in some way. There has but to be that, a connection. Well, well here, can I explain to you guys why this happened? It's really easy. This is a quote. Like the Dan Campbell um, kneecap-biting press conference, 
I think got like th- that kneecap biting quote got too much pr- like press. The real one that I love and think about all the time is he's like, he's talking about Chris Spielman who is in the Lions front office. And he's like, I was talking to Chris about this the other day. And I was like, I love the fact we're only known as meatheads. I'm a meathead. I have limited brain <laughs> capacity. I like that. People think that I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Zero problem with it. That's yeah, a yeah. quote. <laughs> he's playing chess. We're so, playing checkers. He's light years. Yeah. The Lions already, they just signed David Montgomery in free agency. For like yeah. three years, 18 million, I think they gave him. Yeah. And it's just, you just don't, like, the Jamal Williams performance is evidence that you do not need to have a back that's, like, highly drafted or even has, like, elite traits to succeed behind this offensive line with a a, a team that is oriented on running the football like this. And they're always, I, I shouldn't say always, because maybe they're going to change how they have Jameer Gibbs, but it seemed like, given the way they've run the team last few years, they're always going to be by committee, right? Mm-hmm. We would get to week nine and Craig Reynolds would have eight carries. Get to week 12 and Justin Jackson's toting the football. And you're like, well, I don't know why they're doing it like this, but they want to use a three-headed backfield. So why are you spending the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs? Also, Jack Campbell can't turn around and run. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, he like legit could be a liability in, in pass coverage, which is a yeah. big part of the NFL nowadays. Um, I just, what I like the, to button this up with, with the Jameer Gibbs thing, I actually really like Jameer Gibbs. I think he's going to be super exciting to watch in this offense. But when I go back to last year, Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall were both second round picks. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor was a second round pick. Um, you know, I think Bijan Robinson is a very, very special player who can be a three down workhorse back. I don't know if Gibbs is that guy. He's yeah. probably not that guy. So this to me just feels like a massive reach. Bitter ending. Thankfully, though, with Heineken Silver, you get all the taste with no bitter endings. Only 3.2 carbs and 95 calories. That's new, crisp, and refreshing Heineken Silver. Order now at Heineken.com slash silver. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Please enjoy Heineken responsibly. I was at a grocery store no less than five days ago, and, and, a, and a woman was giving out free samples of Heineken Silver. I, I happily drank it. It was wonderful. Tasted just like a regular Heineken. You wouldn't know the difference. I like Heineken. Me too. Yeah. Green bottle. What more can you ask for? (laughs) (laughs) Simple man. Simple man. I love that. Crisp, fresh beer in a green bottle. Done. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details.
Okay, fine. Biggest steal of the draft. Um, fine. <laughs> Solak's been waiting for this. Solak, you could talk about the Eagles now. <laughs> Take them off the leash. There's been a problem in the NFL for a long time, uh, which is like a lack of a developmental league. And the Eagles solved the problem by making the Georgia Bulldogs their developmental team. <laughs> and you said, hey, those national champions, they're just going to bring up our players for us. The Eagles have selected four members of the Georgia Bulldogs 2021 National Championship defense, which, by the way, is the third best defense in points per game surrendered in college football history. In Jordan Davis, N'Kobe yeah. Dean, uh, uh, I can't remember all their names. This is so challenging. Uh, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. Three of the four are defensive <laughs> linemen. Yeah. This is hilarious. Okay. we. I had Nolan Smith going to the Eagles at number 10 in my mock draft. You guys got him at what, 30? Oh, yeah. Great. It's cool. casual. It's casual. Why does the NFL keep letting the Eagles do this? It's relaxed. It's, don't worry about it. It's fine. Here's the thing. Drafting is actually very easy. You know, we do a podcast about it. People talk, okay, they say, oh, drafting is so challenging. Got to figure out the players are good, the personality. Eagles say, okay, who won the national championship? <laughs> that guy. He's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. God. And you know what? Uh, Eagles attended the Super Bowl last year. Don't know if you heard. Don't know if you were there. It's pretty sick attended. game. Should have won. <laughs> Field was messed up. It wasn't defensive holding. It's a new opinion of mine, even though previously I thought it was a fine penalty. <laughs> It's just crazy that I'm going to have to go back to an Eagles Super Bowl in February again, two years in a row. It's just, they're, work, they're working me so hard here, man. Do the Philly Pond's ridiculous. No, the um, Jalen Carter is a excellent value at nine, mm-hmm. assuming that he's able to kind of settle into being a professional in the NFL. Uh, obviously, Carter fell to nine because of the off-field concerns that he has with majority and with decision-making, making a bad decision to race in Georgia that led to the tragic death of a teammate, a car accident, his subsequent arrest. Nolan Smith, no such off-field issues, does have the red flag of weight. He's a sub-240-pound pass rusher, so he wasn't on the board for everybody, but the Eagles have us on Reddick, and they kind of know how to work around that, and they're fine with making that choice. So they bring in these players now, and, and assuming, all right, with Jordan Davis in hand and with N'Kobe Dean in hand, we have a good structure to bring these players along, install them in the defense, and be successful. And they're never going to not draft those premium positions. Doesn't matter if Fletcher Cox is back, right? Doesn't matter that Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick both stepped forward. Brandon Graham had a career year. Get Nolan Smith in the building. We're just going to keep on plugging and chugging. We're going to keep cycling through. We're always going to have a good pass rush. We are always going to have good quarterback play. The I, like the Eagles don't consistently draft well because Roseman's not a good talent evaluator. But the Eagles consistently make good draft choices in terms of like the positions they attack and the, and the, the traits that they prioritize. And that widens their range for, for positive picks. And right now they're hot. Like the Jalen Hurts pick made them hot. The Josh Sweat pick made them hot. And then I think these, these Georgia defenders are going to make them hot as well. It, it is oh, it's such a fun team to root I'm, for. I'm so excited to watch Jalen Carter line up next to Jordan Davis. Oh, are That's, you, DK? Are you? Really? Do the Seals yeah. have to play the Eagles twice this year like the Giants do? If you want, if you want a little, I'm not if super you, excited about it, DK. Yeah. If, if you want a little preview mm-hmm. of what it would look like with Jalen Carter lining up opposite Jordan Davis, I encourage you to watch the 2021 <laughs> National Georgia Bulldogs. Game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just want to reiterate what Solak's saying where it's like, yes, they were the best, like third best defense in college football history by points per game. They're also very easily the second best defense of my lifetime by eye test where it's like, it's them and just that 2011 LSU team where I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, and it, it, I, didn't the Eagles absurd. last year also have the third most sacks in NFL history? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that way that you said that. Uh, I think they did, yeah. Craig. Yeah. Fact <laughs> check. Yes. Yeah. It's the vibes of like, do you remember when the Patriots just traded for Randy Moss and you were like, right, right, for right. a fourth round pick? Mm-hmm. What? 
how is this allowed? It's that's exactly how I feel. 100%. That's Same how, exact vibe is like, why does the NFL keep letting them do this? It's casual. Throw that. It's relaxed. <laughs> that's how yeah. I feel when the but, Steelers got Allen Robinson. I was like, you guys don't know what you're doing. <laughs> well, what's annoying is that the entire scope of last season changed because the Eagles wanted Allen Robinson and then the Rams got him and they're like, fine, I guess we'll just trade for A.J. Brown. And then it's like, man, it just, whatever. Um, Giants <laughs> got Deontay Banks, cornerback from Maryland. So I think it's like basically the same. Great thing. player. Wonder if he'll be good. Don't wonder as much about the Georgia defenders if they're going to be good, but the Maryland player, I'm interested to see. I think they weigh about the same thing, the cornerback and Nolan Smith, so we'll see. Does the corner run a 4 wow. 3 It's about that. Yeah, I think, Fuck, it's, I think about it's about that. He ran like a 4-2-6 or something. He ran a 4 three, six, yeah. <laughs> He's pretty fast. Yeah. Shit. Uh, no, Deontay Banks for the Giants, one of my favorite picks of the draft, and it's funny because you're sitting there at 20, the Giants are up in five picks. You know the Giants have been looking at receivers. Not a single receiver has gone off the board. You're like, wow, great for the Giants. And then 20 is Jackson Smith and Jigba. 21 was Quentin Johnson. It's like four straight 22 receivers. is Zay Flowers. <laughs> 23 was Jordan Addison. Yeah. And the Giants are just there at 25 like, ah, wait. And this was exactly what Heifetz was talking about in our pre-draft show. Where he was like, there's this run of picks before the, the Giants. Block. Where everybody needs, <laughs> right, the players that the Giants need. But Deontay Banks made it down there. And 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 corner went weird, right? Like, Devon Witherspoon at five, not super expected, but he was going to be corner one. Mm-hmm. And then Emmanuel Forbes goes corner two to the Commanders. Christian Gonzalez is 17 to the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Was he the, he was a corner two. Wow, yeah. yeah right, right. You couldn't even Gonzalez. see him on stage. He came sideways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two-dimensional. It's amazing. And so for Deontay Banks <laughs> to make it down to the Giants... Is I think huge. I think it's mm-hmm. he's, a, he's an excellent, wonderful corner for Wink Martindale's defense. You want to know how good of a pick Deontay Banks was? Wink Martindale was celebrating in the in the war room with Joe Shane, no hat on, and the Giants still published the video. It's the first published <laughs> I've never media seen him a hat. of Wink Martindale without a hat ever. <laughs> Wink Martindale, like Wink Martindale scrubs all that from the internet. But it was it, for Deontay Banks. He was like, it's fine. Put first it up. team like all, seeing... not taking my hat off. Yeah. Tiger Woods is up there. Brad Paisley, that guy never loses a hat. And <laughs> Wink. Wink Martindale. It's a real thing. Danny Brett Kelly's Michaels on that Brett list. Michaels, amazing call. <laughs> it's because he wears wigs. <laughs> it's like Andre Agassi at his prime. Yeah. Email anyway. us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if for the uh, to any updates to the <laughs> never takes a hat off rankings. That's a really yeah. good one. And if you don't know what Wink Martindale looks like, Wink Martindale is kind of like the Mad Eye Moody of defensive coordinators. Yes, that is absolutely correct. This is where I remember Craig doesn't know. Wait, was that a was that a it's a Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Okay, okay, you guys you. aren't cool. Harry and I are cool, and we know who Mad Eye Moody is. <laughs> Google Mad Eye Moody, Craig. I always I, forget uh, Craig just doesn't know Harry Potter. Congrats on your cornerback, Heifetz. That was uh, good job, Giants. All right. Craig, we got to hear your reaction. Let, let those who drafted the fourth offensive tackle not throw stones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy with Project Jones. We needed a tackle. We got it. It's boring whenever you take an offensive lineman, but it's what we needed to do. And I'm, I'm, I hope we take Joey Porter with the first pick of the second. That'd be awesome. Project Jones, to get a tackle and then Joey Porter Jr. as a cornerback for the Steelers is, is like a coup. That's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. kind of think the story, though, is that the Patriots helped the Steelers leapfrog the Jets so that Belichick can fuck over the Jets one more time. And I know the Jets Jets fans probably don't care because they got Rodgers and they're happy, but the Jets really needed a tackle. Like, they're relying on basically if Dwayne Brown was like 36 or something and also not that good anymore. And I don't know if you guys, this is an amazing stat from Rich Cimini, who's a great Jets reporter for ESPN. Mekhi Becton, who they took in the first round a couple years ago. Mekhi Becton is the fewest games played for an offensive lineman drafted in the top 15 in the last 30 years. Ooh, um, mm-hmm. that's tough. Like, that's what happens when you have two kneecap injuries. They need a tackle, and they take Will McDonald. This was a weird pick. It's very peculiar to have 
Jermaine Johnson fall in last year's draft, Joe Douglas trade up for him in the first round and be like, wow, I love Jermaine Johnson so much. I got him at 26. I was going to take him at four. This is unbelievable. And the entire league was kind of like, okay, man, you can get Jermaine Johnson at 26. Like, whatever, you're good. And then the very next year, Joe Douglas be like, I just got Will McDonald to 15. This is unbelievable. And the rest of the league be like, yeah, okay, man. Like, <laughs> you don't like the pass rushers we like, Joe Douglas. You can continue right. to what? draft your first round guys that you want. He's, he's, he's relative to the league, he's way over drafting these guys. Like, mm-hmm. McDonald was like, going to be late in the first round. And then he goes at 15. So, a good example is if the Texans had taken Will Levis at two, we would never believe that Will Levis would have just fallen out of the first round if they had not done that. Right. If the Jets don't take Will McDonald at 15, he's probably still on the board in the ring day two. And I think he would have made it. He was like minus 500, minus 600 to go first round. Um, but like Felix Anaduke Uzoma, who's the 31st pick for the Chiefs, that pick is Will McDonald if Will McDonald's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Anaduke Uzoma is like the next tier of like long outside rusher who's got some explosiveness and some moves and whatever, which I had Will McDonald at 31 to the Chiefs because that's how I thought this was going to go. Um, yeah, I just like, especially for Nolan Smith to be on the board, Will McDonald is a 240-pound rusher, and so is Nolan Smith. Will McDonald's a lot longer, and so it's like, all right, we need the length, but he's just fundamentally not as good of a player as Nolan is on all three downs. He just isn't, and and he's also an older prospect. Like, I just don't. Fifth-year senior who is going to be a 24-year-old rookie, um, Mm -hmm. still, he still needs to develop in a lot of areas. He's, he may not be able to add weight. He can't, not a chance he can add weight. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't, I did not see that coming. If I had Jewish grandmothers, we're going to connect them. Here's, here's the question. Here's the real question. If I'd come up to you guys two weeks ago and I was like, yo, I did a mock draft. I want to bring it up in the pot and we can break it down. You're like, all right, sick, man. Like, what's the mock? And I was like, oh, these picks at one, two, three, whatever. And then at 12, I have Jameer Gibbs, 13, Lucas Van Ness, 14, Broderick Jones, 15, Will McDonald, 16, Emmanuel Forbes, 17, Christian Gonzalez, 18, Jack Campbell, 19, Kalaja Kansi. You would have been like, no, we have to do real content. You like, got, the draft's coming up. The the replies on Twitter would have been yeah. uh, hilarious. This is the worst mock ever. If, if I, if, if I, if I, I got to start making mocks. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'd nail it. Yeah. If, no, legitimately, if I said, like, let's do that, you'd be like, no, like, we got to do serious stuff, Ben. That happened. That's all the picks. That was a real thing that occurred Did, in the middle of the draft. I have a question. Didn't Daniel Jeremiah nail the CJ Stroud, Will Anderson thing in 2-3? Yes. That's pretty impressive. Daniel Jeremiah had a, had a top, like, six mock in, yeah. in scoring, and it's because... Go DJ. Yeah, he was like, yeah, CJ Stroud to Anderson at three, obviously. Yeah. And it hit. I remember reading that. I was like, he's just hedging because he just wants one of these guys, which is what I did too in my mock. But he obviously, he knows some people, you know. The other, the, I, I, if we just talking about like steals, I can't believe the Bills leapfrog the Cowboys for Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. That is such a fun pairing. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's extremely sick. The, uh, the, Bill's continued search for functional target two after Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Kind of just landing on like, okay, Dalton Kincaid's just good, right? We're not going to think about prototypes anymore. No more like, oh, Gabriel Davis is big and fast. Oh, we need a slot receiver. It's just like, all right, Dalton Kincaid's very good at catching the football. If this doesn't work, we just got to go home. We're just <laughs> never going to get a target to like a really reliable guy. Uh, they're going to be able to move him around. They're going to be able to play him a little bit in line. Like, he and Dawson Knox kind of have similar roles, but I, I don't think Dawson, Dawson Knox, Knox is, is not worth it. Like, Dawson Knox is not enough to right. like move you off of taking the guy. The question for Kincaid is long-term health, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills obviously cool with him. A bunch of teams did not have Kincaid as an early player because of the back injuries. Um, and so they just have to get lucky with Kincaid's health. And if they do, they have like a really, really dangerous passing game weapon, something that they desperately needed. Kincaid to the Bills is sick. I definitely thought, Michael Mayer was going to go before Kincaid. Mayer didn't even go round one. But That's for, a big surprise to me. Yeah. Why do you yeah. think that is? 
you know, might have to do with like the fact that he just didn't test out of the, you know, out, off the charts or whatever. He was just kind of an average athlete. Um, might have something to do with that. Honestly, I thought there was going to be more tight ends in the first round because I didn't think the NFL was going to be as high on all these shrimpy receivers. But I was yeah. wrong about that. Zay Jones, or sorry, Zay Flowers and Addison both win the yeah. first round. Um, so, you know, the NFL still obviously values receivers, I think, a little bit higher than than tight ends. And it's the same thing we talked about all through the process. Like, a lot of the best tight ends in the NFL come on day two. Right. Um, the one thing I thought of with the Bills is like, they're just so fucking sick of losing to Travis Kelsey and and like the Chiefs. Maybe this they're just like you how you know how teams sometimes um will like create a team that they one of their main rivals is like, hey, we gotta get one of those guys too. And so now that I'm thinking, maybe yeah. they, have they, how many times have they lost to the Bills or to the to the Chiefs? Maybe it's not that much. But your point stands in the, like in the playoffs. The, well, they've a lot. won the Super yeah. Bowl. And the Bills it's like have the Houston it. Rockets like built their team around trying to beat the Warriors. Like they're like we yes. just yeah. need to shoot as many threes as we can, and that's how we can beat the Warriors. And I think a, a player of Kincaid's style helps Josh Allen a lot too, because he's kind of a scramble drill guy who can like mm-hmm. make a ton of you know hay after the catch and and break tackles and do all this stuff that um, you know that the the Bills just really haven't had, and so. Super exciting. Now they can have Gabe Dave just run like wind sprints down the, down the sideline. Stefan Dix can do his thing. And then, you know, in theory, Kincaid, hopefully soon, can like kind of do things over the middle of the field and, and make a big difference there. Speaking of wind sprints, I wanted to talk about this wide receiver run. And it was all these little fast guys going, you get your Zay Flowers, your Jordan Addison's, and then the Chargers come up. And I'm thinking, great. Uh, at this point, I think Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are on the board. Yep. Yeah. So it was Smith and Jigba. Went, yep. went at, at 20. 20. And, and that then, was it, right? Yeah. And then the, the Chargers come along and take Quentin, Quentin Johnston out of TCU, who's like kind of just like Mike Williams, maybe a right. little shorter and a little faster, but like the Chargers are just like really tall, slow guys <laughs> for <laughs> Justin Herbert now. Yeah. I mean, Quentin Johnston's not slow, but he he's in in on the spectrum of guys that are going to be like explosive, take the lid off the top of the defense type guys. That's not yeah. him, really. He's more of like a yards after the catch creator. Type type player. Yeah. When the Chargers general manager Tom Telesco sees a guy run a forty in the four fours, he's like, "Where are you hustling to, son? Slow, slow down. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hey, you want to take a breather? Underneath this, as slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, uh, like Quinn Johnson's a good athlete. He is. He, yeah, he absolutely is. He's a good downfield threat. He's not like a, a vertical guy in the take the top off the sense, but he absolutely can run away from guys. He just usually does it with the ball in his hands. So he adds some dynamic element to the Chargers offense, certainly more than they had. However, this is where, yeah, the the height-weight speed limitations, or I should say the height-weight limitations can be frustrating, right? Like, this is what I was talking about with the Colts earlier. The Colts need some big bodies. Well, you go and you look like the Colts don't have team speed at, at, at pass catcher. The Chargers have the same issue. This is why Christian Watson was so valuable to Green Bay. Because Green Bay is very strict on, like, we need big receivers. And so they saw a big receiver that was fast, and they were like, get him, get him now. We need him, get him in the building. And so Johnson, I think can still bring some of the field stretching element that the Chargers need. It just Zay Flowers would have been way sexier. It would have been it would have been way more way yeah. more explosive. So out of the four receivers taken, we already kind of talked about Jackson, Smith, and Jigba to Seattle, and we probably like that the most. Out of the next three, Quentin Johnston to the Chargers, Zay Flowers to Baltimore, and then Jordan Edison to Minnesota, which which is the best fit. Yeah, by the way, hold on. We forgot to talk about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> this is a draft podcast. Contract extensions aren't interesting. Okay. 
It is Zay, though. Like, I think, like, the Ravens are the biggest winner of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Outside of the draft that you start folding in the Lamar Jackson extension, I think they kind of dominate. But the Zay Flowers pick is is awesome. It's really, really, really good for them. Uh, With Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., you're like, all right, we have guys who are are separators. We have guys who are quick, and and, and they're explosive in space, and they can make guys miss and create uh, big plays after the catch for us. But you're also banking on two players who are coming off of major injuries. And and there is some redundancy in the roles of Odell plus Rashad Bateman plus Zay Flowers. There absolutely is. But you're hedging bets here and you're making sure you have something that the, the Ravens have so desperately needed, which is legitimate depth at wide receiver, options at wide receiver. Guys that are going to make like, plays. Oh, no. They yeah. might have two good receivers on the field at the same time. Oh, but they're in the same role. Yeah, the Ravens have had two good receivers on the same time since like 2017. Like, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? You, you can overload at this position, which becomes such an important position in the modern NFL, especially now that you're out of the Greg Roman offense. So I love yeah. the Zay Flowers pick for them. Obviously, getting the Lamar deal done before the draft kind of gives you the, the license to say, like, all right, we don't have to worry about, like, trade up for a quarterback or, like, right. trade back and accumulate future capital. We can just stay here and draft a really good receiver at 22. Zay Flowers at 22 and Jordan Addison at 23, I will never forget for as long as I live because I had Zay Flowers under 22 and a half and Jordan Addison over 22 and a half. <laughs> So me and Harry Roseman, just the draft's very easy. Just don't worry about it. Just, just, just you know, just call, call, call your shots from afar. No problem. I, I love the, to add to that, I, I agree with everything you said. And I'm super excited to see what Todd Monken rolls out for the for the Ravens offense. Like it could look completely different than what we're used to over the last four it years. It better look completely different. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I love that they're, they're loading up on pass catchers because it's like one of the sort of tenets of the last few years with the Ravens is they just have one less like eligible pass catcher on the field because they always have a fullback out there. Patrick Ricard. <laughs> it's just like you're playing with one less guy on the field, essentially, in the passing game anyway. Um, I really loved the Jordan Addison to the Vikings pick, too. I think he's just the perfect. I mocked him. So I was told so like I was bummed because I, I mocked Addison to the Vikings like four times in the draft period and is like getting so bored of it that I just changed it with my final one. Um, but like, he's a perfect compliment to Justin Jefferson. You know, I think he's a really nuanced savvy route runner that gives them a great number two option. And that's what, he, that's, I think what both Solik and I have always kind of viewed Addison as is like a really good number two. And so um, obviously with them losing Thielen, this is a logical fit for, for like a, a logical replacement, similar style guy, like really good route runner, get open. Um, but he's got a little more juice, obviously, than Thielen does. And so this is super exciting, along with TJ Hawkinson. Their offense is going to be humming. Yeah, the Vikings would have beat the Giants if Jordan Addison was on the team. Like, just straight up. Like, Kirk Cousins said to check down in the playoffs because Jordan Addison was not. <laughs> Did Kirk Cousins have to check down in the playoffs? Did he have to check down in the playoffs? He did check down because Jordan Addison was on. Yeah. <laughs> but it would have been a lot moment. easier. Yeah. All right, well, we're talking about all these receivers. Uh, I would also like to call out Arthur Smith. DK, you're... Your favorite coach in the yeah, NFL, baby. Arthur Smith, coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Who, I love you know, Arthur Smith. I've always loved Arthur Smith. What are you talking about? Uh, Arthur Smith, <laughs> we yelled all year about like Kyle Pitts, and Arthur Smith was like, I don't play fantasy football. Well, you know what? Bullshit. I think stealing Smith, all the fantasy players, though. Yeah. He <laughs> just takes guys that people in fantasy love. So the Falcons draft Bashan Robinson. <laughs> so, DK, how do you feel about Bashan Robinson? Going to the Falcons, there's the whole running back value debate, right. which I we can or cannot get into that. I mean, we, what we've, want. everybody's done that discussion. Give me what your heart times. feels and then what your brain feels. Right. My heart is very excited to watch the Falcons offense. This is going to be like appointment viewing because they have now spent top 10 picks on skill players three straight seasons. Kyle Pitts is back, baby. Volume, maybe not. Okay, so he's not. <laughs> 
Translation. He, that's like the Ron Howard Arrest Development. He was not back. It's <laughs> a crazy take. Can we get Ron You're, Howard to do some yeah. voiceovers? Yeah, let me just get him on the line. DK saying, I'm excited to watch the Falcons offense. DK, I got news for you. You're going to hate this offense more than any oh offense God. you've ever I watched am, in your entire life. I'm thrilled to watch this offense. <laughs> I mean, John's getting like 25 times a game, right? Return yeah. to caveman ball. Absolutely. I loved watching this offense last year. Line up against like, oh, lighter defenses. Like, oh, we run, you know, a nickel. And oh, we have undersized defensive linemen. And just being like, ha, 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 Tyler Algier. And now it's Bijan Robinson. Like, I, I, the Jameer Gibbs pick at 12. I was like, I, like, this is not the time to be taking an elite running back. doesn't make any sense. For the Falcons, I get it because this is fundamental to the team. They had Marcus Mariota attempting 11 passes last year and they were like, this is good. This is the way we want to be. Now, you can argue as to whether or not that's wise. I think there's, there's some wisdom to it in terms of like zigging when the rest of the league zags. I think overall, you want to be a more pass-happy team. But this is the way they've decided to build it. Running back is an important position for the Falcons, much more so important than it is for the average team. Getting Bijan back there and having the ability to run Bijan and Tyler Algier, not run them into the ground, hopefully not deal with, with, with overloaded wear on tires, not deal with injury, still have two guys who are excellent tackle breakers, and then have have the large skill position players to be really, really good in space, really good on play action. I think the Falcons offense is going to work. I think the Falcons offense is going to work because it looks exactly like the Titans offense did three years ago when it was working really well. Like we've seen this particular zag, heavy personnel, heavy play action offense with a, with a really talented running back who can grind guys down. And Bijan can be that guy in the league. We've seen this work. And so I don't, I don't mind the pick for Bijan eight at all. Kyle Pitts, he's, at the very least, I, I will say, I think Kyle Pitts is going to create explosive plays off play action. And that yeah. is going to be, he's not going to get a ton of uh, volume, but he's going to get explosive plays. He's probably going to average like 16, 17 yards per catch. And so that's exciting. The one thing I'll add, and this is kind of how I, I think I've rationalized the, what the Falcons are doing here. Um, from their point of view, if you're going to run the offense that they run, you're going to give your running back 20-something touches in a game. Right. He's like, got to be able to do it. Don't you want that guy to be really good rather than just some fucking guy? Like, you're giving this guy 20-something touches in a game. He should be—it's ideal if he's very, very good. Yeah. I, I like. So that's why they're yeah. doing this. And like, I'll don't go, just like, give it to some jag. I didn't have the emotional journey that I think you guys did with Kyle Pitts in terms of like the fantasy things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it was, it was so a really close. So, like, I don't exactly. think you have any <laughs> idea how much DK journey. hates. Yeah. So, like, you're talking all this stuff about the Falcons offense, but you have no idea how much DK hates Arthur Smith. Uh, DK like, is not enlightened. You have no clue. <laughs> DK has not seen the great wisdom of prehistoric ball. All right. This is what our this is how our ancestors played football. All right. When they were going up against the Tyrannosaurus Rexes and the Stegosauruses, they ran twelve. <laughs> personnel play action. No, the I think Kyle Pitts is gonna have a really good year. I think he's gonna have a really productive year. What I don't all know. Right. That's all I need yeah, to hear. That's all I need to hear. Black DK also used the term jag in that conversation, which is um his it's just just a guy, which is like a real, real like deep it's the meanest that DK gets with prospects. <laughs> right. but, it sounds so um, derogatory when he says jag. it. And, you know, it yeah. sounds so critical. Well, that's because it's like also sort of synonymous with jag off. Yeah. This guy's a jag off. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Clark noted this. Did you notice that Kevin? I've never heard this term. Mel Kuyper dropped a jargon on the broadcast that I've never heard before. Oh yeah. Uh oh. Wait, you should do two jargons, one lie. Oh yeah. I I can come. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'm gonna. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll I'll make up. Think of that I'm on the come spot. Up with two lies before we finish the show. I'll do and it later do it at the end. All right. Yeah, I'll do it while you guys are doing something else. Okay. 
Talk amongst yourselves. I would like to do uh, a couple unanswerable questions. Yes. Starting with, do the Packers know that they can take offensive starters? <laughs> because we're, <laughs> like, do they know they can take players on offense that don't have to? We the the emails we have at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com from Packers fans are so miserable, distraught. It's like these people are are not okay. I will just give you a sampling of one from Toby. Toby, uh, I'm Toby, Tobes, Tobias. I'm just hoping that my favorite podcast could make sense of all of this or find the humor from my pain. I just watched the Packers draft an edge rusher, Lucas Van Ness, in a class that, from my understanding, is weak at edge rusher. And on top of it, all I see is the comp from from NFL is Preston freaking Smith, who is currently our overpaid, underperforming member of the Green Bay Packers pass rush. Uh, Our current tight end room could be mistaken for a nickelback cover band. Samori Toure is currently slated to play meaningful third down snaps for this team. Am I overreacting or they go? It's just really sad. It's just really sad. This is a quintessential Packers pick. Just yeah. a classic Packers pick. Um, I had them taking Miles Murphy at 13 because so I had Lucas I, Van Ness yeah, yeah. coming off the board all the time. If you told me Lucas Van Ness at 13, I was like, yeah, they're going to take Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness is very um, Rashawn Gary y. Yeah. Like traitsy. He's kind of like a mix between Rashawn Gary powerful. and Preston Smith. Preston right. Smith. Oh, wow. Right. They have a type. Yeah. For sure. And they also very much just love to piss off their fans. Mm-hmm. Who have been clamoring, just clamor. What's a what's a stronger word than clamoring? Uh, Salivating. Uh, <laughs> no, that's kind of a positive. Beseeching, sense. pleading. Yeah, beseeching, imploring, begging. imploring. Ooh, yeah, that's an, that's what I'm. Looking I mean, for. this offense could be all time bad. I mean, th- there is not a lot of talent going on here. With uh, you have Jordan Love, Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson, Samari Toure. Their tight end is Josiah Deguara and Tyler Davis. Bearcats great. Well, they could still get Michael Mayer on day two. Yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of good. I mean, like, they've just been really good at getting good offensive players outside of round one, like Aaron Jones and Elkton Jenkins. And I they feel that way about Christian Watson. They're going to feel they felt that way about Devontae Adams. Like, this is what they're capable of doing. And they, they, they feel that way internally. The, the thing is, this, like, uh, to me, it's less they don't draft offensive players in round one, it's that they keep drafting defensive players in round one, and the defense keeps being bad. At what point are we going to realize that getting <laughs> Joe Barry another first rounder on defense isn't going to solve the defensive problem because Joe Barry is still there? I think one more is going to work. Yeah, right. If we just get him one more big, heavy-handed edge rusher, but it might work for us. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you remember when Preston Smith was dropping into coverage over Justin Jefferson? Lucas Van Ness will be better in coverage over Justin Jefferson, and that'll solve our mm-hmm, problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Can we talk about some boring picks? Yes, dude. I thought the most boring pick of the draft was the Tennessee Titans taking Peter Skaronsky, and then they cut to him, and they're like, yeah, so his grandfather won seven championships with Vince Lombardi. He didn't want to come to the draft. He's watching this from, like, a pizza place, and I'm like, wow, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) It reminds me when Joe Thomas, the, like, now Hall of Fame left tackle, wow, just didn't go to the draft and went fishing with his dad on a boat and didn't bring a cell phone, and I was like, wow, that's that's, that's a power move. That's, That's what happens when you go to the Hall of Fame. I have a question. This is something I always think about on draft night. The team always talks about how they were desperately trying to get a hold of the player. You know, like so there's all these stories like, oh, the player, would, he didn't have any cell service or whatever. It's like Rogers. Do they have to get a hold of him or can they just pick him? They can just pick him, right? Like they don't have to talk to him first. I guess. Do you need consent? <laughs> draft right. without consent. Who right. knows? Like, I don't know. I always thought that was weird. What, what was the most boring pick? 
Solak, what did you think? It's always O lineman. Skronsky, yeah. I mean, Skronsky's pretty, I, I would say, pretty boring. The Saints, <laughs> just like down the fairway. Saints, Saints yeah. Brian Breezy, I was like, okay. Sure. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Go for it, Saints. Live your dreams. Mozzie Smith to the Cowboys is pretty boring to me. No, that was that to me, I was like, eh. Yeah. Mm. But he's from Grand Rapids, so represent. Can't oh. baby. <laughs> wow. Um, but no, Mozzie Smith, that, that, the run on defensive linemen late, I generally found confusing. Like, I know it's not a great class, but these are not great players. Like, we're already reaching. Like, Mozzie Smith, Brian Breezy, Felix Duque Uzoma. To me, that's a lot of, like, go and get him. And then in classic Bengals fashion, the Bengals were the ones who got the guy. Like, Miles Murphy. Like, okay, that actually makes sense in that range. Everybody else felt like they were scrambling for it. And meanwhile, like, the offensive linemen aren't going. So, that... I'll say uh, Anton Harrison to the Jags would be boring if not for the fact that they made the pick because Cam Robinson's getting right. a PAD suspension. <laughs> that kind of sexes it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it does. I also thought the Cardinals did a really good job with trading down where they're like, we want Paris Johnson. I know that some people thought it was weird or whatever, but that they traded back up, but they were like, we want Paris Johnson Jr. And we're just going to trade down and trade back up and just take Paris Johnson Jr., but we'll just have a first rounder next year too. But that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Net net positive. I did. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't like Paris Johnson Jr. enough to be totally honest to like trade back up in that spot. I would have just seen what happens at like eleven and twelve. Um, but yeah, I but mean, he I speaks think, Mandarin and Portuguese. DK does he? He was a journalist also drafted by the Cardinals. He also just seemed like a really friendly, nice guy in the post draft yeah. interview. Yeah, <laughs> okay. honestly, he seemed like very, very high energy. Gregarious. Like, yes. Okay. Like, no, very, but in general, yeah, I think I'll get a first for next year because you're not planning on being super great this year and you might be changing a quarterback while also getting a guy who's just going to be helpful to Kyler now or to a future quarterback later. Like that is generally good business for the Cardinals. They were able to move out of three for a big deal and then still snag Paris Johnson who getting in front of the Raiders, I don't think was an accident there. Like Mm. generally well done. Like there was a moment there in the lead up where like the Cardinals were desperately courting offers for three. We are like, are they going to blow this? Are they going to stay at three and pick? And they, they got out of that. Briar Patch. I thought that was well done. Um, Kalijah Kansi to the Buccaneers was boring to me because I yeah. was just like, okay. Like, no. I, I was more distasteful. He's, uh, yeah. He, to me, is uh, somewhat similar to, like, the Will McDonald pick where, you know, median, like, like result would be he, he'll be a rotational player on the yeah. defensive line. He could turn into a star. It's certainly possible. He's very explosive. But he's an outlier, like we talked about um, in the pre-jab process, he's small and he has outlier length arms. And so there's a thought here that he could only be sort of like a sub-package pass rusher from the interior. Yeah. So like drafting a rotational player in round one for a team like the Buccaneers especially se- seems kind of weird. Yeah. 11 of the 31 picks were defensive line, man. That's bananas. This is not a good so This is a strange draft. Class. <laughs> this is, I don't know yeah. why we're tripping over ourselves to go get a guy. Like, I like, I don't know about it. It, it. That confuses me. All right. Do you guys have other thoughts on this first round? Because I came up with the two jargons that a lie. I nice. feel like we touched on basically every pick that was not Tyree Wilson to the ra- seven of the Raiders, which, sure. Darnell Wright yeah. to the Bears yeah, at 10, which, like, yeah, everybody knew we were doing that one. And we talked about Flat Stanley to the Commanders, <laughs> which, <laughs> elite 11th hour draft nickname. Yeah. Um, yeah, we basically said every name. Wow, great work, gang. We nailed it. So I mentioned, all right, well, also, I want to mention, we're going to be doing another pod after rounds two and three tomorrow, going up Friday night, Saturday morning, whatever. And then also our whole recap of the draft on Saturday. 
After that, young Solak will depart us. Again, he's not going to die. I keep saying that. And then I think, yeah, I got about gonna be three alive. texts over the course of the last two days, Heifetz, where people thought I was leaving the ringer because of the way that you presented. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. People like, you're like, my uncle was like, you're leaving? And I was like, no, just the draft pod. Your yeah. uncle got to like minute 70 of the pod? <laughs> no, Heifetz opened the pod. Oh, right. I was like, okay. and oh, Ben, who's on the pod for the last time, and you're like, you're gone forever? Like, yeah, man. Clickbait. Heifetz, you know? We're going to be doing the fantasy football show. Starting, we're dropping our fantasy football rankings, our post draft rookie vibes rankings, our top 20, all that at fantasyfootball.thereamer.com. All, and we're coming to you every week of the summer on this feed. You don't have to do anything. We're going to change the name of the show, but you don't actually have to do anything. Just follow, subscribe, do all that jazz. Uh, and then, yeah, stick with us. And then we're going to have two more shows this weekend. Time for some emails. Are you doing the two jargons one lie? I'm going to do the two jargons and a lie. America's favorite segment. Okay. And if either of you, DK or Ben, know this term, obviously, bow okay. out. I, okay. I actually, I mean, I hope not that we ruin the game. It's actually going to be the opposite. It's two lies and a jargon. And the jargon is Mel Kuyper's advanced level use of Jag. So DK uses Jag like, oh, it's just a Jag. He's just a guy. Mel Kuyper had a specific version of Jag, which is to describe offensive tackles in the Big 12. Okay. So like, okay. you know, they're playing all these clips of defensive ends rushing against big 12 offensive tackles. And he either referred to them as one of the following guys in the fray as in future real estate agents. Oh, it's tough. BD like bat, like blocking dummy. Which is also <laughs> okay. like bad. I think AOG, another occupation guy. Holy smokes. I was positive the third one was going to be real because the first two were too rude, but they're all mean. Wait, so we're two of them that are lies? Yes. Yeah, I made up two. One of them Mel Kuyper used tonight. So one more time, run through them. Future real estate agent. Okay. Blocking dummy or another occupation guy. I think the future real estate agent is what he said. Yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> I don't think it, no, I think future real estate agent is like an online thing. I don't think Kyber's online enough for that. What do you mean? I like, I like, oh, we always do like, and now he's going to go sell insurance. And I, I feel like that's like a Twitter thing. I feel like that, right. that's for the youths. Yeah, it's like the, it's like in the Big 12, yeah. the, the receivers are I'll just playing against I'll say, future. I'll say blocking dummies. That sounds like a, that sounds like a coach thing. Like you look like a sled out there. Like, yeah, I think blocking them is the, the real one. So you said slut for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sled. Okay. You're just letting anybody in. <laughs> uh, it's been a long evening. Um, I'm going with, uh, it, what was it, a real estate agent? I'm going with that. Yeah, me too. I'm doing blocking them. It's another occupation guy. That's tough. God, God damn it, Kuiper Mel. said that on TV. Another occupation guy. That's, that's not something anyone can't do says. the job. That's like him like trying to do the sell insurance right. thing, but he couldn't think of anything. Exactly. <laughs> this guy's gonna have a a different job. Another <laughs> that's, occupation. That's not a football guy. guy. It's a other job guy. Something else person. <laughs> All right, Mel. Love Mel. This is like year thirty for Mel. What a king. You know. Mel future. Mel, Mel Mel rules. Like he's the best. Yeah. He's the king. That man must drink so much coffee. <laughs> he invented this job. I got. I interviewed Mel Kuyper once, uh, and I got to tell you guys about Mel Kuyper. Man, first of all, called his house phone. Just doesn't have a cell. Just like <laughs> the landline. Yeah. McShay was talking about how I, I heard a pod recently. Their their pod they do one together where uh, 
McShay was talking about how Mel Kuyper was super like moody and mean because he doesn't like traveling. And I was like, man, the, the most relatable thing I've yeah. ever heard in my life. I'm like out of my comfort zone right now. I'm traveling. I'm on the road. I like, you know, that's Mel Kuyper. He's like my grandpa. He doesn't want to leave his house. <laughs> See, I, He's all flustered. I want to shout out Mel Kuyper because Mel Kuyper is exactly like that on the phone call. Like, no. Imagine Mel Kuyper breaking down a prospect, but he's like asking you about your life. It was incredible. It's exactly the same person. Okay. Uh, so is this like our official post first round draft show? Do we want to do the weird emails? Yeah, totally. We got to stay on brand. Okay. Email. Uh, it's not like this is like okay. on television or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, once again, uh, moms, leave. Solich uh, just called uh, offensive lineman a slut, so... I, I didn't. <laughs> All right, so back to the, the real journalism we do, which is what are the kids fucking on these days? <laughs> yes. I, objects fucking. on the bed is what I'm looking for. Uh, well, we, all right, so... Okay, we pods? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we keep getting places people, the kids have fucked. All right. So, uh -huh. Oh, yeah, we got another one? We keep getting them. This is from... <laughs> It's pretty weird at night. I'm lying in bed next to Liz. She's like, what are you reading? <laughs> I'm like, this kid in Ohio has had sex at a amusement park. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Craig, I actually will vouch. Craig ha Craig gets the emails. On, like, they come up on his phone when you get yeah, the emails. Yeah, notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, somebody had sex in the Chick-fil-A drive. <laughs> anyway, night... Uh, it's from Redacted. Um, my now fiance and I were visiting St. Louis to go to the city museum. Great place. Great playground for adults. Our hotel was right next to the St. Louis Arch. So we decided to do the tour. And in case you are not aware, you could go inside the arch and look out to the top. And in order to get up there, you get in these tiny pods with a tiny window that take you up the side of the arch and the inside. We rode up with another couple, did our observing. And once we got to the top, when we went back down, we were in the pod by ourselves. So we checked for cameras, made sure nobody was outside the pod, and we made history. Wow. Not sure <laughs> if anyone else has done this, but I can safely say I fucked in the St. Louis Arch. Oh, my God. How long is that ride down? I can't imagine it's super long. <laughs> Normalize. <laughs> Normalize coming fast. <laughs> this all came together. <laughs> Thank you very much, Redacted. Oh, my God. Going into the St. Louis Arch sounds like... I wouldn't. I would rather do literally almost anything in my life than go. I'm claustrophobic and afraid of heights. Anti art. It sounds terrible. Yeah, and then describing <laughs> it as a little pod that you go up in. Like, is it not an elevator? Or yeah, I don't know. What is a pod? How does this, how does the St. Louis Arch work? It's a weighted cantonary arch. Stay up. Oh, it's a weighted cantonary arch. It's the world's tallest arch. You look and at it and you're like, that thing should fall over. <laughs> no. Why is that thing staying up? Listen, a why regular... did you build it? <laughs> Gateway to the West. I don't know. I don't know anything about the relevance of yeah. that or where it comes yeah. from. Gateway to the West. How else are you supposed to get to the West, man? Right. You, you go, go through, the, through the arch. Yeah. Yeah. To ride a passage to fuck in the arch. <laughs> I like the Bass Pro Shop massive pyramid better. Yeah, that one's good too. Bass Pro Shop pyramid is <laughs> elite. It's like bigger, bigger sex, than a lot of. If you've had sex in, in the Bass Pro Shop pyramid, yeah. email us a ring face. A lot of people oh, have. Yeah, I'm I think I have friends that have done that. I'm not kidding. There's a hotel in the Bass Pro Shop pyramid. Oh my God! Wait, we're going to talk about stories. We have a redacted friend that you know that is all I'll say is not allowed in a certain stadium. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
Oh, is that your friend? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. DK's friend. I have a friend who shall remain nameless that is not allowed to go into a <laughs> nameless stadium because I, of fornication in a bathroom. A, people, people being banned from like buildings for random reasons is really funny. I just me. like to picture the fact that they've got like his picture up on their security cameras and all the all the agent all the people that running security at the like lines is look keeping a lookout for him so he can't come in, you know? That's the guy who was fucking his wife <laughs> during the game. Uh we also got an email from Charles who says um, Charles just, just to say Chuckster. Craig's desire for like things Charles. that have been laying down on the bed. He said he laid down a bunch of icy hots. Get out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Open? I imagine. I, 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 <laughs> Open seems highly risky. What's the point of that? I mean, you gotta, what's the point then? I mean, just cardboard. Song of fire and ice. I, uh, why don't you try it and get back to us? You know what the best part is? They sell Icy Hot in the Bass Pro Shops. That's right. <laughs> Maybe they did it in the bathroom at Bass Pro Shops. There's a hotel in the Bass Pro Shops. Maybe they were both pretty, like, injured, you know? A lot of pulled muscles. And they were like, Let two birds, one stone here. Trying to get ahead of the yeah, pulled right, muscles. Exactly. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Preventative measures. Yeah, maybe they go pretty hard, and they're like, we're going to get hurt, so we need to just be ready. Should we do a live show from that Bass Pro Shop pyramid? Oh, my God, yes. I love the Bass Pro Shop. I wonder if that's, that's hard to book. Like, I wonder if that's if people are doing stuff there. I don't know. Maybe well, they charge a, a hefty fee? It's kind of a famous place. <laughs> NFL Draft out the to come. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, DK. Thank you to Austin. Thank you to Kai for producing this episode. Thank you to everyone for listening this far. Corey thank and Richie. You the- and Cal, thank you. Booth. Yes, thank you. Who else is there? Corey and Richie. Boom! Yeah. Corey and Richie. Thank you, Corey and Richie. <laughs> so, thank you, Lauren. 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 Thank you, Poison. Nice. Yes, you're on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the second we mentioned like, dudes it. who never take off their hats, DK's <laughs> yeah. been on that the rest of the, yeah. the pod. Yeah. Brett Michaels, baby. If anybody can think of a fifth, I feel like we have our top four of people who never show their head. Uh, what's the guy from Limp Biscuit? Durst. Fred, Fred Durst. Durst. Yes. He doesn't take his hat off. Is that right? Yeah, because oh. he's bald. Okay. It's a well. common thing. Yeah. <laughs> DK's like, you might have heard of it. Balding. Yeah. <laughs> DK's like, I'm the fifth guy. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, like, like, you want me to throw my us. name? Yeah. DK brought three hats to work. I'll today, throw by my the name way. into the hat, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, I'll eat the hat. Also, if for people that are not watching this, I have an NFL hat because it's my Rob Lowe bit. It's just an I NFL do. brand hat. <laughs> it's a good hat. Which Corey bought me, by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> he bought it for the metal draft. Go watch metal draft, by the way, while you're at it. Where can we find that? Do you know how to plug in No this fucking topic? idea. <laughs> okay. Tinyearl.com. DK's the worst promoter in the world. <laughs> Actually, think he's last. If you ranked everybody in the world in promoting stuff, DK is totally last. Metal Draft Ringer. DK, I love your pod. How can I listen? He's like, on your yeah. phone? I don't know. <laughs> Put your headphones in, man. It's <laughs> streaming. Just yeah, say podcast out loud. It should start. <laughs> it's really true. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. We'll be back tomorrow, but I mean, who knows where. <laughs> maybe you'll find us. Live yeah, from Bass maybe. Pro Shops tomorrow. We'll get there. Goodbye, everyone.